Welcome to the session on the 10th of August 2019. I wanted to read to you from this book that I came across today, which is a very old text. It's called The Cloud of Unknowing, and it was a anonymous work written in the latter half of the 14th century by an unknown Christian mystic. The text I'm reading from Wikipedia now is a spiritual guide on contemplative prayer in the late Middle Ages. The underlying message of the work suggests that the way to know God is to abandon consideration of God's particular activities and attributes and be courageous enough to surrender one's mind and ego to the realm of unknowing, at which point one may begin to glimpse the nature of God. So I want to just explore that for a moment. Now, when, when I say God, obviously there are different traditions, have different concepts, but basically I'm talking from a yogic standpoint about this concept of a state, the absolute, of pure consciousness, beyond name and form. Um, other traditions will, will conceptualize it differently, but I think for the sake of the discourse, we can use either God or the Absolute as shorthand for this state that we're talking about. Can I just, sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. when you talk about the mystics, I mean, I can relate it to something mm -hmm. that's not religious. But for me, mysticism is uh, exploring the mystery of life. Religion is a... Is a um, Doctrine, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's an organised, like, uh, based on uh, dogma or specific texts and and there are rules, and, and I think it has its place, particularly for people that are not yet evolved enough that can exercise their own independent judgment through their own guidance, through their own connection with Source, uh, that you need, that religion is not a bad, uh, you know, pure and, and honestly applied form, is not a bad um, pathway, like a transitional pathway, until people de develop enough spiritually that, I mean, it may be at certain points, and I mean, this could be controversial, but I think you'd have to leave religion behind when you move beyond. And which is into, what he Which is what they're getting to here, which is exactly right. What he's saying is that you have to be courageous enough. I, I really like this, because this is... If, if you didn't know it was uh, written by a Christian mystic, you'd say it was a, could have come straight out of a yogic tradition particularly when he talks about ego, I mean, this is fantastic, uh, that, that he says the underlying message suggests that the way to know, let's say the absolute state, is to abandon consideration of uh, its particular activities and attributes and be courageous enough to surrender one's mind and ego to the realm of unknowing, at which point one may begin to glimpse the nature of the absolute. So this is the idea of not trying to use your mind, not trying to use concepts or so words. Let it all fall away. Yeah, but to let it fall away, because part of the, and I'll get into this a bit more when he talks about the mind's uh, presumption that it might know something that is inherently unknowable through mind, and it's actually only known through experience, is really the big point that's being made here. Um, and of course, when we meditate, what are we doing? 
we're allowing ego and mind to fall away and we're actually experiencing directly the state which he's talking about and so we are knowing God effectively in that moment not only are we knowing it but to some extent where self-awareness falls away we're actually becoming it we're, we're recognizing it or, or living directly the experience of that state uh, and the only thing that prevents us generally from doing it all the time is mind and ego so let's go further into this the cloud of unknowing draws on the mystical tradition of this which focuses on the via negativa road so via is a road in latin and negativa is the negative uh, is a form of theological thinking which um, attempts to approach god by negation to speak only in terms of what may not be said about perfect goodness now this is a direct linkage to the uh, is it this negations of Nagaguna, a Buddhist philosopher who lived from 150 to 250 CE, current epoch, one of the most important Buddhist philosophers. And so he developed this idea of the, um, the negations, the same thing, what it is not. By, by, basically, it's a process of elimination. It's not this. It's not this. It is is the absolute the mind. Go into the state of the beyond the mind. Is mind there? No. So it can't be mind. And so, is it the body? Well, if I lose awareness of the body, do I? Am I still? Is awareness still there? Yes, it is. So it can't be body. So what he's doing is, one by one, he's taking away all the conceptual basis of our existence, and he's saying, what are you left with? So it's a very close parallel, in fact I'd say identical to this idea of the via, via negativa or the negative theology which basically goes by the same approach. And so anyway in this book, The uh, Cloud of Unknowing um, the author is inviting us to dispense with any concept we might have about God or, or the Absolute through its attributes so and he says that uh, it's not through knowledge or intellection the faculty of the human mind but through intense contemplation motivated by love and stripped of all thought so you experience a cloud of unknowing it's the unknowing not to presume that we could know through our mind um, and he says, when you first begin this work, you find only darkness and as if it were a cloud of unknowing. Reconcile yourself to wait in the darkness as long as is necessary, but still go on longing after him or that whom you love. For if you are free, if you are to feel him or to see him in the life, it must always be in this cloud, in this darkness. So this is really, in a way, the meditative state. That you go in and you just wait. Remember how we, we do the practice, the technique, and then we have to just wait for the stillness to come? And yet sometimes you have to outweigh the thoughts, and eventually the thoughts die away, and then the state reveals itself. I think this is exactly what's being described here. 
And it's because we practice and we have that experience that we can relate to this. And what's even better is that he says that in itself is exactly the path that you should be following, the path of experience. But I like the way that he int introduces the, um, the idea of love as well. Motivated by love, intense contemplation, motivated by love and stripped of all thought. So powerful and so concise. So he says this state that we're seeking is brought about by putting all thoughts and desires under a cloud of forgetting. So this is another way of saying it. If you can't find, if you can't, if the word unknowing is a little bit elusive, try the idea of forgetfulness, self-forgetfulness. Therefore, piercing the cloud of unknowing through a dart of longing love from the heart. So this idea of the direction, a dart or an arrow. This form of contemplation is not directed by the intellect, but involves spiritual union with the Absolute through the heart. For he can well be loved, but he cannot be thought. By love he can be grasped and held, but by thought neither grasped nor held. And therefore, though it may be good at times to think specifically of the kindness and excellence of God, and though this may be a light and a part of contemplation, all the same, in the work of contemplation itself, it must be cast down and covered with a cloud of forgetting. And you must step above it stoutly but deftly, with a devout and delightful stirring of love, and struggle to pierce that darkness above you, and beat on that thick cloud of unknowing with a sharp dart of longing love, and do not give up whatever happens. So the idea is that you're meant to pierce through the cloud. So you get those points in meditation where there's just a heaviness, no thought, but there's still a sense of uh, uh, obscuration. And what he's saying is, if you hold love as the, as the, as the, uh, the dart. yeah, it becomes the dart through by which you pierce through the darkness. So in a sense, you're carrying your awareness through on the, through with the power of love into the deeper states where you go beyond the darkness of the cloud, and then you experience the Absolute in all its glory. And that is really what we experience. And you have different meditations where sometimes you'll... Sometimes it'll be very heavy and dense and you might lose awareness and you feel like you're asleep. That's the dark cloud. But the beyond that is this other state where it's the pure light of consciousness is there and you'll feel that. You'll experience it. He goes, if... Ah, uh, oh, and then he goes into mantra. But he doesn't call it mantra, but he says one small word. So he enables, he allows people to choose whatever word that will be. And in this tradition he says that you can choose... Uh, he goes, if, when we intend to pray for goodness, let all our thought and desire be contained in one small word. And he suggests that you could use the word God. Nothing else or no other words are needed, for God is the epitome of all goodness. Immerse yourself in the spiritual reality it speaks of, yet without precise ideas of God's work, whether small, great, spiritual or material. So do not consider any particular virtue which God may teach you through grace, whether it is humility, 
charity, patience, abstinence, hope, faith, moderation, chastity or evangelical poverty. For to a contemplative they are in a sense all the same. Let this little word represent to you God in all his fullness and nothing less than the fullness of God. So what he's saying is you just, like we were doing the Samyama practice where you use a sutra to symbolize, uh, to encode uh, a whole desired state of being, whether it's love or if we do a sutra for, um, um, what are the other sutras we could use? I, I, I use radiance, it's a good one. So you do this idea where you just allow, you, you allow the one word radiance to encapsulate a whole state of being, but rather than contemplating all the attributes of that state, you just say the one word and release it into the stillness. And he's saying exactly the same thing. He's saying, well, if you want to know God, just, just concentrate on the one word without going into all the detail of what that might symbolize, which is a mind exercise. And he's saying that's not the point of this practice. It's actually to... Uh, and so, and I think what, what really is happening is exactly what we do with mantra, where instead of having a thousand thoughts, we just have one. That's the mantra itself. The mantra symbolizes uh, that which state which we seek to achieve, and then in the practice, we take it into a more and more refined state, and then eventually we just even we just let down, let go of the mantra, and then we're there. That's the process. And in the Sanskrit literature, they talk about it as a metaphor of pouring oil, so that you have a, a container of oil, and you pour it slowly and it comes down into a single stream. It's very thin. Have you tried pouring oil? It's quite mm. viscous. Or honey would do it as well, but traditionally they say it's using a mantra is like pouring oil. And it enters the, let's say you're pouring it into a saucer, it enters it at one point, and then it merges again back into that which it's filling. And so the mantra is doing the same thing. It's bringing the awareness down to a single point and then when you release that, then there's nothing. So he's saying the same thing, and he says you can use God, or you can use love, or you can use any one word that for you symbolizes the desired state, and then you don't have to... And then, then if thoughts come, and you're starting to be led into a dialogue, he says you return just to the word. So it's the exact description of our practice. But he's coming from a very different tradition, but of course truth is truth. And it shouldn't really surprise us that anyone that's lived a contemplative life in any tradition must eventually get to the same point, because there really is... Um, I mean, the state is common to all, whatever we want to call it. And so I urge you, this is where he says, to go after experience rather than knowledge. On account of pride, knowledge may often deceive you, but this gentle loving affection will not deceive you. Knowledge tends to breed conceit, but love builds. Knowledge is form of labor, but love form of rest. So we want to explore that. So he's basically saying, so he's given you a practice where you go to a single word, we could say mantra, drop all the mental activity around it, 
and remain with that. And then he's saying generally, don't quest after knowledge. Don't fill your head basically with concepts and ideas about that which you're seeking because that's not it. These are just sort of approximations, but it's not actually it. He says much better to go for the experience. So basically he's saying that it's, it, can know, it can be known really in the heart. It's an emotional experience. It's a connection of the heart is that by which you will actually know it directly. You won't know it through... I mean, you can sit around all day and night and contemplate uh, all the different ideas around what it is that you're exploring, but that won't reveal it to you. It's only in the relaxation of that quest that you eventually find it. And remember the story of the musk deer that was running around and it can smell the scent? This beautiful scent of musk. And it's running up hills and down dales and crashing in the trees and it's in a frenzy because it's trying to find this amazing scent. And in the end, in sheer exhaustion, it collapses. And its head folds down to its belly and then it notices that the scent was originating from itself and so it was when it gave up the quest and it surrendered through exhaustion that it found that which it all always had that which, which, which it was seeking so it's the same kind of idea that you don't look outwards for it through knowledge but you find it within yourself as experience and I think that's just a phenomenal discovery so urge you to go and find the work and read it and I mean don't get to I mean, some people have hang-ups with the word God I don't because I never really thought about it as a guy with a big white beard sitting in a cloud maybe I did at one point but for me it's this abs this state of consciousness absolute that permeates is within all things but also transcends all things and and so with that understanding I think this is a really uh, beautiful exposition of uh, a process that will surely um, lead us to uh, the experience that we're seeking.